In these bleak days, humanity is at a breaking point. Economies are tanking. The woke mob is canceling everything. And the little guy who's just trying to run a small business is getting screwed from both ends. But not all is lost. Amidst the chaos, two men offer up their voices in the darkness, dropping 2,000-pound laser-guided truth bombs on today's lunacy. Introducing the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham and L. Bradley Sheaf. Well, there it is, Brad. The greatest duo this side of Captain and Demille. You probably, if you go top five, you've probably got uh, you've probably got Sonny and Cher, Tony Orlando and Dawn, Simon and Garfunkel, uh, Hall and Oates, and then Captain and Demille in that order, five to one. Say it isn't so. Just a, a, a great song of I think they had like fifteen to twenty number one hits. But Hall and Oates. Um, there are a lot of things you look at today, and you say these guys are almost prescient. They could be looking at uh, anything from AOC to Joe Manchin's ass and saying it isn't so. I mean, those guys did in their day haul a lot of oats. And I tend to agree, buddy. I tend to agree that they were looking into the future of what used to be this very fine country, still has the potential to be a very fine country, but we need to make some changes at the top. It's our form of revolution. You've got the elections coming up, real exciting, real exciting times when you see some of the candidates running what they're saying. But first, you've got uh, David Pridham and Brad Sheaf. We are here uh, each week. Very excited. And we do, we do mean business. You can also uh, listen to us on our IP Frequently podcast. This is IP Frequently. And learn more about us on IPFrequently.com. And you can follow us on social media, Instagram, uh, the Twitter, the TikTok, the MyFace, um, and anywhere else that there is social media at IP underscore frequently, except on some of those uh, dating apps. Brad and I do not participate in those. We don't condone them. And in fact, we would bar them or ban them if we could. But you won't find a whiff of IP frequently on the, uh, the, the Bumble. Listen, if you're in the uh, zero to 17 age bracket, one, we're seeing skyrocketing demographics in that group. But please uh, get your parents' consent before you, uh, before you uh, log in. And certainly, if anyone calls you on the phone and asks for a credit card, your parents' credit card in particular, and says they're with IP frequently, don't give it to them because it's not us. It's a scam. That's for sure a scam. We're not looking for anyone's credit card. So listen, I mean, if you're in the zero to 17 age group category and you're enjoying the show, good for you. Brad, we'll start Top of Waves. You want to start Top of Waves today? I think we can pivot to that. Sure. We'll pivot over to Top of Waves, the big story of the week. Uh, we always start with the big news stories that small town America need to know. The folks who run the grain haul and oats silos uh, who are simply trying to get by selling their grain on the street corners. Um, what are the stories they need to know in order to conduct their business, sell their grain and, uh, you know, put uh, put uh, food on the on the table? Uh, first, Brad, the big story of the week is we may be uh, entering a, a, a war with China. As you know, Nancy Pelosi, uh, the Speaker of the House, I believe she's 87 years old, 
loves the $20 pints of ice cream, multi, 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 multi-millionaire. Her husband does a lot of day trading. Um, recently, her husband traded, did a big buy in a chip fund uh, right before the Congress passed that big uh, subsidy for chip uh, manufacturing in the U.S. But just serendipity there, buddy. I mean, there was yeah. no communication between the speaker and her husband on that topic. And if you're saying to yourself, well, how can that be? I mean, how can a guy do a multi-million dollar transaction where he's essentially betting a significant sum of money? Why would he do that if he didn't have inside information that was going to be beneficial? Nancy said he didn't do it. That's that, that is, that's sufficient. That's sufficient for Congress. They're not going to investigate that. No one's going to look into that. Nancy poked her head out of her office, said, hey, not for nothing. I never talked to my husband about this. Everyone said, whew, okay, good. And now we're, you know, we're all going back to our business. We are going back to our business. Now, of course, his defense is that he was probably legally drunk at the time because he was picked up recently for drunk driving in Napa, in Napa. Um, but not in Taiwan. Not in Taiwan, where the lovely Nancy Pelosi has has settled her. Uh, I believe she has Monado Blahnik shoes, Brad. Those are very expensive, hoity-toity shoes. Uh, she touched down in uh, Taipei and uh, is uh, meeting with the Taiwanese government. Uh, Beijing, of course, has gone to like DEFCON 16. They've got tanks on the beaches. People are digging uh, latrines in the uh, in the inner cities, uh, trenches, trench warfare. And uh, it could very well be that uh, uh, they're going to take out uh, Taipei and uh, potentially Nancy Pelosi. But I do believe, Brad, it's important that she made this trip because of what she means as really America's sweetheart, a great politician, a great leader, a stateswoman, uh, statesperson, statesperson. Um, so I think it's good that she's there. And I believe the Taiwanese people uh, are enjoying this as well. And I do, I, I think also she did have an audience with Chiang Kai-shek, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I had not heard that. That would be something if she had had an audience with Chiang Kai-shek, but you never know. They're, they're about the same age, Chiang Kai and Nancy. And so I'm sure they have things to talk about, you know, big band music, the state of woolen clothing, things of that nature. Um, I, I don't know why, I, I, I mean, I get that Nancy is the Speaker of the House. I mean, the, the fact that that is true is depressing on any number of levels, but it is true. And so I get why the Chinese would say, well, you know, you guys need to be careful. We still consider Taiwan to be, you know, under the auspices of Red China, even though the Taiwanese don't feel that way and never have. Um, but it's just so if, if you're in China, if you happen to be a Chinese government official and you're listening to this show, which would make a lot of sense because you, yeah. like everyone, needs to get their information from somewhere and you might as well get it from the source, which is here at IP Frequently. Mm -hmm. Then just remember this. Yes, she has the title of Speaker of the House. And so, yes, you know, you could see that as a formalized American action that might be poking you in the eye. But take a step back, look at the situation and remember it's just Nancy Pelosi. And you're going to feel silly if you start any sort of armed conflict over a lunatic like Nancy Pelosi. I mean, the, the, way, the way this whole thing went down, too, is interesting. She's escorted by about a half dozen F-15s, and you know, China is like ramping up its war games uh, off the coast of Taiwan. I mean, it's just so dramatic. And, and the funny thing is that nothing, I mean, it's symbolic, wonderful, 
but nothing is going to, this isn't going to change anything. It really doesn't matter. Um, it seems like more of a political stunt than anything else. And, and you sort of see what's going on. A lot of people are talking about the fact that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to distract from the two straight quarters of economic contraction, which used to be, Brad, called a recession. Now it is not a recession because of other factors people can't define. But you've got that. You've got Biden's numbers in the 30s. It looks like the Democrats are going to lose the House and maybe the Senate, even though I believe that most of the Republican challengers that have been nominated to date are either parts of a coven or a Wiccan uh, in a number of different areas. Uh, but uh, it's, you see how they're sort of trying to change the narrative with these big you know, events where she goes to Taiwan and they kind of deal with Joe Manchin on uh, this inflation act, which is going to raise taxes on everybody and be a total freaking nightmare. Um, but it seems like all of this is about redirection and changing the uh, sort of changing the narrative. And when you can't do either of those, you just hold on to your own subjective truth. Like, for example, the definition of recession, two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth. And now people are saying, no, actually, it means something else. So uh, it seems like this is just part of the narrative, but certainly not worthy of uh, another world war, or, or is it? No. Again, if, if, if a powerful Speaker of the House, someone who had the ability to actually influence U.S. foreign policy, were to go to Taiwan and, and perhaps, you know, deliver some hawkish rhetoric, I could see the Chinese going, oh, wow, you know, I mean, this is, you know, this is not good. It's Nancy Pelosi. Okay, I mean, she, she's lucky to be able to get up in the morning and put her clothing on and get on an airplane. And it's entirely true that this is all just about redirection. But the part I don't get is I would love to know what Joe Manchin got out of signing up with Schumer for this, you know, just incredibly poorly thought out piece of legislation that is going to come back and bite him in the ass, right? I mean, he is a senator from the great state of West Virginia. When taxes go up there, those folks are going to be pissed. And, and I don't get it, right? Like he went all of this time, and I don't honestly believe he was trying to poke the Democratic Party in the eye. I mean, I think he looked at his constituency there in West Virginia and, you know, I was sort of with him. I was like, you know what, Joe, God bless you. I mean, you are taking a ton of heat for not bending to the will of your party because you know it won't be good for the people of West Virginia. It wouldn't be good for anybody, but you know it wouldn't be good for the people of West Virginia. Good for you. Stick by your guns. Don't fold under the pressure. And then right before he doesn't, he's, he's not going to be under this pressure anymore. I mean, right before the Republicans take over the House, which is very likely to happen, potentially the Senate, and this pressure would be off of him because they would not be able to move legislation or potentially move legislation like they can when they control both houses and the White House, right before that is about to no longer be true, he just knuckles under and signs up for a law that he is going to go down in history as being one of the jackasses who you know, put it into motion. What did they have to pay that guy or do for that guy to get him to sacrifice the position he had established himself in and sign himself up for this legislation? Well, I have no idea. I know that, uh, and it could be that he just likes being the center of attention because he always seems to be at least the last couple of years. And it could be that he likes, he likes that, but the bill doesn't make any sense for the people of West Virginia. He, he does claim that, uh, Certain promises have been made about 
lifting some of the restrictive regulations that the Biden administration have imposed on coal and on natural gas. But that's not part of this bill. That's something that would happen in the future. And Brad, this is the time for you and I to look very seriously at buying an electric uh, vehicle, maybe a golf cart, uh, you know, your third car for you um, to just sort of toggle around your, your estate out there in the, uh, in the Berkshires. Um, but that's going to be basically a nice $7,500 tax credit for you. Um, and uh, why not go get a golf cart? You know, just roll that little tray out underneath your Tesla at some point in time and look at how many freaking batteries are in there, how many pounds of lithium, which is a relatively rare mineral, is under your car. And then go look at what a lithium mine looks like. Okay, Look at a picture of what the Keystone pipeline looked like. And then go look at a picture of what a lithium mine looks like. Okay, and you tell me which is more damaging to the environment. Again, I've been in a couple of electric vehicles. They're high performing. They're nifty little things. You want to get one, go get one. It's not helping the environment. It's just not doing it. Well, that doesn't matter. You get a $7,500 credit to go buy a golf cart. I don't, I, unfortunately, buddy, as, as appealing as that is, I, I don't have a use for a golf cart. I don't well, a golf play cart costs golf. about 7,500 bucks. It's a free golf cart. I don't need a golf cart, buddy. I don't, I don't have any place I can point. take a golf cart. It's not the point. You drive it around, you fill it with this. You fill now, it with if that, I could get a $5.75 tax credit on a cheeseburger with pepper jack and bacon, I would do that. Brad, we do. We do mean business. We mean what we say. And uh, listen, unlike uh, the Joe Mansions of the world, we will stand by our principles each and every week. We're a big part of the Salem uh, Podcast Network, Brad. That's been a few weeks now, and we're getting great positive feedback. The numbers are similar to a hockey stick in terms of our listeners. Of course, most of them, Brad, are in the second and third grade, but that's, listen, that's okay. And uh, you go out and you just parrot back what you hear here, here, here on the show. Um, and, uh, and, and you'll That's a homophone, my friend, here and here. Here and That's here. a homophone. Homophone. Yeah. I don't think you can say that uh, anymore, Brad, uh, unfortunately, without being canceled. But uh, what you hear here, you can repeat there. And uh, there you are. Uh, next, Brad, an update on one of the uh, recent stories that we have um, covered, of course, we all know the tragedy that was the duck sauce killer. Of course, that is the uh, uh, gentleman who murdered his um, uh, Asian delivery man after um, the delivery person did not bring duck sauce with his, uh, with his uh, meal. Well, now the wife of the duck sauce killer has been arrested and arraigned after police on a check of their apartment uh, found eight uh, handguns hidden in her home that were unregistered and potentially um, meant for other condiment-related crimes. Uh, she claims that the hoarder, the duck sauce killer, uh, Brad, was, the, uh, was a hoarder, and he was the one who hoarded those guns and hid them. Uh, the police are not buying it. They believe that they're hers, and uh, thus she uh, received a uh, trip straight to jail. Any, any reason why the cops think they're actually hers as opposed to the guy who actually used a handgun to kill someone else? Is there any reason for that? I'm just curious as to how we do have two crazy people here or more likely just one crazy person. Well, I, I think the fact that those guns were in the house weeks after the um, initial uh, 
arrest of the husband uh, says it all. I think that's what they're. I think that's what they're saying. Um, okay. I mean, she has. A, if you're asking me, has she shot anyone uh, in any way in a crime related to the failure to provide condiments? I, I don't know that. I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, not that we know of, right? And eight does seem like an unnecessary number of handguns. Uh, next, Brad, uh, big shockwaves in the land of PETA. The bread we have or the PETA? Uh, animal people? PETA for pe people for the ethical treatment of animals. Oh, okay, so the animal people. Creatures. Okay, not the bread, not the little pocket bread that you can put like deli meat. No, on. no. That's no, delightful. No. Okay, no. But uh, in any event, uh, big uh, controversy, as you know, Brad, um, and, and you and I have recently done this. We've gone online to buy turtles for an aquarium. MyTurtleStore.com is one of the uh, sort of home base for mm. people wanting to buy turtles. Apparently, MyTurtleStore.com is selling turtles with shells under four inches long. That's illegal. As you know, it's been barred and banned in the United States. You can't do it. Uh, and in addition, these turtles... Uh, contain a strain of salmon salmonella that has infected about 20 people so far in the u.s people who are buying their turtles that are illegal to begin with because they have shells smaller than four inches long on myturtlestore.com again myturtlestore.com go there and if you mention ip frequently i believe you get a 15 percent discount on said illegal turtle and we throw in the salmonella bread for free yeah, the salmonella just kind of comes with the turtles, is my understanding. There's not much you can do about that. So if you are a turtle person, a turtle aficionado, uh, be careful, wash your hands. Uh, but I did not know uh, that there was a limit. There was a shell size limit on the commercial sale of turtles. I suppose that's intended to ensure that we're not selling underage turtles? I, I mean, I, I, I don't really know enough about turtles to know what the shell size means. I, I imagine different species have different shell sizes. There may be an adult in one species whose shell is smaller than adult in another. I don't know anything about that, but I do, like I did not turtles. know. I'm, I'm sorry, say that again? Like a, like a dwarf turtle. Yeah, like a, like a dwarf turtle. I'm not sure you can say that, but if you can, like a dwarf turtle, for instance, might have a two inch shell, but be a hundred years old. Yeah. Right. And so in which case you wouldn't really be trafficking in underage turtles, whereas, you know, like a giant sea turtle, I'm sure if it had a shell less than three inches, if they ever do, maybe they're born with shells bigger than that, I don't know. But if they ever do, then obviously that would you would be marketing in underage turtles. But I, I'm sure that the, the turtle scientists out there will, you know, send us something on the tweeter and let us know why that law exist as it's and you said it's length as opposed to width right so if you had a short but very wide turtle you also couldn't sell that commercially uh, listen that would be i am not an expert in turtle law but that would be my understanding and again the cdc is what is governing here right? the cdc has warned that small turtles especially ones with shells less than four inches long um are uh, susceptible especially susceptible to carrying the dangerous bacteria and they warn against ownership of said turtles right so this is the the cdc brad um and finally it has said you know very very clearly that quote the cdc recommends against kissing or snuggling with a turtle as it allows bacteria to easily transmit from the animal to the person end quote so there it is brad 
the CDC once again coming through to protect Americans. I mean, as, as all of our loyal listeners will recall, uh, they put out a very fine full color poster on how to have sex with monkeypox and not give it to someone else involved, uh, you know, all kinds of shenanigans we won't go back into on this family program. So we had that being produced by the CDC, very helpful for the exactly 62 people who have monkeypox and also want to have sex. And now we've gotten really wisdom, buddy, that you can't, you would not be able to derive on your own, right? Which is do not kiss or snuggle with a turtle. I mean, if we did not have this government agency, where would we be? I mean, everyone would just be making out with turtles left and right, salmonella all over the place. I mean, God bless them. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, thank God they're there. Thank God they are. Um, they're on that out. wall for us, yeah, buddy. They're, yeah. they're watching out for us. I mean, it's a, uh, it, 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 it's an, it, to say it's encouraging is, yeah, I don't know if that's an understatement or an understatement. Yeah. Thank, thank goodness yeah. that they're, that they're available for us. Uh, next, Brad, the, uh, let's move on from my triple store.com uh, to something more important, the misery index. Uh, the misery index is, of course, something that was created by Ronald Reagan's campaign in 1980 in looking at uh, Jimmy Carter and helping make the case for Reagan's election. Uh, the misery index is, is indicating that the Democrats could lose 30 to 40 seats in the midterms. And they say it's the uh, gloomiest uh, U.S. economy uh, for a, uh, an incumbent since at least uh, 1980. Uh, for an incumbent president running for re-election in uh, 78 rather for an incumbent president uh, whose uh, party was running for uh, uh, to hold on to both houses of congress during a massive uh, recession which means that some of the years where the, there were considerable turnovers 2006 1994 i mean what 20 2010 or 2014 um you know all of those years sort of pale in comparison it looks like, based on this, that the American uh, electorate is going to go pretty solidly for the uh, Republicans in the upcoming election. And in the meantime, in the meantime, the president, Brad, is once again quarantining because he tested positive for the COVID. Then he tested negative for the COVID. He came out uh, and he met with a bunch of people and did some things. And now he's positive again and showing some symptoms of the COVID, including the runny nose and the scratchy throat. And uh, yeah, so uh, it, it seems like now that the president has emerged, uh, he's got a pretty uh, dysfunctional team in the White House and he's got a very difficult economy that he's gonna uh, have to deal with. And as soon as he did that, he gets the COVID again. He has to go back underground. Maybe, maybe the message here is it's better for the president to be underground and in hiding, so to speak, as opposed to being out and about chasing ice cream trucks or young young kids or whatever it is he does. Well, I mean, again, someone it would appear just from you know more recent events that there is some sane person percolating towards the top in the Democratic Party, right? Because someone told Nancy Pelosi, "Hey, get on a plane and go to Taiwan," right? And when Nancy said, "Well," Isn't there a chance I could be shot down by the Chinese? That person said, exactly. Mm -hmm. And now you, 
Now you have that. And then some person is saying, let's test the president every 15 minutes for COVID. Regardless of what the test actually says, we're going to say it's positive and that he has a little tickle in his throat. And then we'll just keep him locked up in in a room with a puppet show and he'll never come out. He doesn't want to come out. He enjoys a good puppet show. He always has. And his ratings can do nothing but go up if no one ever sees him. I mean, as this person, I'm sure, is gesticulating wildly at the rest of his Democratic colleagues and saying, don't you remember how we won the election? Joe stayed in his basement. We just pointed at Donald Trump and said, you don't want that. Vote for this guy named Joe Biden that no one has seen or heard from. And people did it. And so if that worked, why would you not do that again right before the midterms, right? Just tell Joe, hey, listen, we put a, there's a puppet show down there. Joe goes tumbling down the stairs headlong, eager to see the puppet show. You lock the door behind him. You tell Nancy Pelosi, hey, Americans will be proud of you if you go to Taiwan, especially if you never come back. Why don't you do that? And all of a sudden, you're setting the table for perhaps, you know, maybe not a win, but it's a little late for that. Maybe not a win in the midterms, but, you know, mitigating your losses, which would be a valuable thing. And so, again, I suspect there's someone there in the Democratic Party who has woken up stepped in from wherever they were and is starting to move the levers a little more reasonably than most in that party seem to want to do. Yeah. I mean, it does seem that they're, they're good at pinning the president down and keeping him out of the public limelight, especially after that disturbing incident with the Easter bunny earlier this year. And then the other incident where uh, he heard the ice cream truck and just started wandering away from his wife. Although that's been sort of debunked uh, as a, um, uh, a video that was sort of doctored, but again, funny nonetheless. But at the same time, when you see prices up about somewhere between 12 and 20% across the board on home staple items, and you see large companies like uh, Amazon, Walmart, Target saying prices are not coming down anytime soon, and 65% of the American people are living paycheck to paycheck, I mean, that does not bode well for anyone with a D after their, uh, after their name in the upcoming election. Couple that with this whole Joe Manchin fiasco um, that's raising taxes just as we're stepping into a um, recession. And you know, good luck with, uh, with that whole thing. But listen, at least the president's happy. He's probably got ice cream. He's certainly got the puppets. And so he should be, he should be fine. Yeah, no, he'll be fine. He's sitting cross-legged on the floor in front of the little puppet stage. The, you know, the puppets are humorous and attention-grabbing. He doesn't want to be in the public eye anyway. Someone might make him read a teleprompter, and we know he's not good at that, or God forbid, get on a two-wheeled conveyance. And so it's just, it's just best for everybody if Joe stays in the basement with the puppet show, safe and sound. And then, you know, like you said, Powell, we'll see if the, uh, if the Democrats can pull the nose up here, but it is not looking good. And, oh, by the way, if you do happen to be a Democrat, these issues with the economy and with our foreign policy and with our ability to sort of slap the Chinese and the Iranians who came out last week and said, hey, we're going to burn New York to the ground, just not for nothing. If you're wondering why they feel free to say stuff like that, it's your policies, okay? It's what you people are doing. Don't look around and try to blame somebody else. 
This is exactly what happens when you implement the frankly stupid policies that you have been trying to implement because you are pretending that what you want to happen just can happen without any sort of foundation or basis in fact. And so if you are a Democrat and you are looking at the world around you and wondering how we got here, it's your policies. Yeah. And listen, uh, we're learning more and more about how these administrations work. Jared Kushner is now writing a book about his time in the Trump administration. Of course, Jared Kushner, the son-in-law of uh, President Trump, who also took a lot of money from the Saudi royal family to start a, uh, a real estate fund or something like that. Um, but it's, it's actually interesting. The more and more you learn about what happened in the Trump White House, which is just insane. But uh, you, know, you learn about John Kelly running around pushing Ivanka Trump out of the way and in the hallway. And then you learn about this whole Kim Kardashian thing. Of course, Kim Kardashian, Brad, is the woman who made the sex tape. Well, she got in front of the president, thanks to Jared Kushner, to pitch this whole criminal justice reform. And in particular, there was this one woman, Alice Johnson. Remember the African-American woman who was uh, in, in prison and uh, basically they were trying to get her granted a pardon or clemency or whatever it is. And uh, the, the, the discussion between Kushner and Trump that Kushner recounts is just priceless, where he like explains it to Trump. He talks about the, um, uh, the, the aesthetics of having Kim Kardashian there and doing this whole crazy made-for-TV thing. And then Trump says, ah, oh, the hell with it. Let's go ahead and give her clemency and, quote, hopefully Alice won't kill anyone else, end quote. So, you know, again, great, great, uh, great teams put together uh, by these, you know, great men. And listen, listen, we get uh, we get what we deserve in terms of uh, the occupant uh, of the uh, Oval Office. Well, that's it, buddy. I mean, it's just what the founding fathers had in mind as they sat in Philadelphia and they contemplated the fact that, you know, should this all not go well, they were all going to be hung as traitors to the crown. And yet they were willing to risk their lives, the lives of their families, the idea of freedom and a democratic, a democratically run country in the form of the United States of America. They were you know, willing to bet all of that uh, on the foundation they laid for our government. And uh, this is just what they had in mind. I mean, they were, they were saying, you know, eventually we'll get to someone like Donald Trump. That'll be great, but not nearly as great as when we take the next step up from that and get to the Biden White House and the current woke Congress. Next, Brad, RIP report. Two trailblazers died this week. One, the great Bill Russell, probably the greatest basketball player who ever lived. And then two... Uh, Nichelle Nichols, who played Lieutenant Uhura on Star Trek, also passed oh. away. Two African American icons, African American icons, and uh, Bill Russell, probably one of the greatest winners of all time, who put up a lot of BS uh, and his time in uh, in Boston and throughout the NBA for what uh, um, you know what he had to go through. But uh, really, two incredible uh, uh, trailblazers, if you will, in the uh, world of entertainment and sports. But so someone said to me earlier this week that Bill Russell played in 21 must-win games, you know, winner-take-all games, lose-and-go-hold games, whatever you want to call them. 21 of them won them all. And now that is saying something. And 
my understanding is, is that Lieutenant Uhura had 21 opportunities in the Star Trek series where she had to get a communication through. She had that, that giant silver thing hanging out of her ear. All the rest of the technology was space age. You could travel faster than light, but for some reason she had to wear a nine pound metal thing in her ear in order to communicate. Regardless of that, all 21 occurrences were the lives of everyone on the Starship Enterprise hung in the balance of her being able to make a subspace communication. She did it. Okay, So she and Bill Russell, very comparable records. And anyone who says Bill Russell could not have played in the NBA today is an idiot. Yeah. 11 titles in 13 years. He won Olympic gold medal. He won, he won two NCAA titles at San Francisco. I mean, who does that? That's it's not even a team yeah, anymore. No one. Yeah. And no. uh, Uhura, I believe, uh, dated uh, William Shatner. So equally impressive. Uh, Godspeed to both of them. They'll be missed. Next, uh, we, we, we promised some special coverage of the 2022 election. Again, it's very important that we stay on top of this. Um, and, and, you know, Donald Trump this week, busy week, Brad, he uh, hosted the LIV golf tournament at his golf course in Bedminster, New Jersey, where they had a big event. He played in the Pro-Am with Caitlyn Jenner and some other celebrity superstars. Charles Barkley, I believe, played as well. And then he, um, you know, he's starting to endorse candidates in various races for House seats, for Senate seats. Um, and uh, for governorships, there are a lot of people that want to be endorsed by um, by the uh, by the president. Um, and, and one of the big races that is uh, open this year is the Senate race in Missouri. It's a Republican held seat. The Republican who uh, currently serves is retiring. And so there are a number of candidates vying for uh, that that seat. And there's a big primary going on right now. Um, and this is the one, remember the governor, the former governor is running and he ran that, um, uh, advertisement a few weeks ago about shooting rhinos and, and, and Mitt Romney and all that. And so Trump finally came out and he endorsed his, uh, his favorite candidate. He came out and he said, I am endorsing Eric in the Missouri GOP Senate primary. Yeah. Is there an Eric running? Well, in, in fact, Brad, GOP the, primary. The answer is yes. Oh, okay, good, uh, yes, good, there is. Uh, Eric Greitens is the former governor that uh, ran that ad about shooting other Republicans, and Eric Schmidt is another Republican running. Oh, um, so uh, Trump has. It's an embarrassment of riches when it comes to Eric's. Then, well, listen, both of these Eric's have come out very, very quickly and thanked uh, the uh, former president for his endorsement. Um, and the president made clear that he was endorsing both of them and would support whichever Eric were to, uh, were to win and, and, and that it was not some sort of miscalculation on his part. So yeah, there you have it. Again, the uh, ex-president is, um, is staying current, staying on top of things and uh, supporting his uh, favorite son in Missouri, Eric. <laughs> Buddy, nothing is more Trumpian than that. Right. Then making a, a very obvious mistake in you know pretending to be on a first name basis with a given candidate, realizing later when some staffer rushed in in a panic saying, well, wait a minute, there's more than one, Eric. One of the things you just have to sort of, you, you know, sort of smirk and shrug your shoulders and go, well, there you go. 
about Trump is he had the wherewithal to go, oh, the hell with it. We'll just pretend like we did that on purpose and we're and we're going to, you know, we're going to support both of them. And hopefully one of them wins and we'll look like, you know, we'll look like geniuses. Right. Many people would have panicked. Many people would have blamed their staff. Many people would have said, you know, what are we going to do now? Well, Trump, he just pretends like he did it on purpose. Right. And, uh, you know, again, you, you kind of got to tip your cap. But if that's what you want, if that's what you're looking for as a leadership of the country, then, you know, Trumpers out there, keep after it. That's but uh, eesh, I mean, you know, were there any are there any candidates in Missouri at the middle name, Eric, who might be able to jump in there and say, well, you know, I uh, the president is familiar with my middle name. I think that's what he meant. So far, that has not been determined. I have not done the research. Neither is our crack staff. But both Eric Gretens and Eric Schmidt are very excited uh, for the endorsement. And uh, as they head to the polls, they are both the endorsed um, candidate separately, individually, enjoying the uh, the uh, support of the former president. So that's a uh, that's a good thing. Next, Brad, monkeypox update. California and its governor, Gavin Newsom, who last week we talked about uh, was running ads in Texas and Florida, touting his stellar record in uh, the Sunshine State. Uh, Gavin Newsom has declared a monkeypox state of emergency. Uh, At this point, there are 800 uh, known or suspected cases of monkeypox in California. And... um, uh, he, he, the governor has basically declared a state of emergency. Uh, this is going to help uh, California develop a governmental-wide response, probably incorporating some of those great tips from the CDC. Um, but uh, it looks like the California governor is once again on the uh, front side of the top of the wave here and uh, is uh, sort of leading the fight against monkeypox. Well, good for him. I mean, you know, 800 people out of the millions that actually live in California, not a sizable chunk. It would be interesting to know what other diseases are rampaging their way through California at a much higher rate that the governor is paying no attention to because it's not going to get him any political capital. But the solution is apparent. But right? I mean, you already said it. We just need to deliver truckloads of CDC posters to the state of California, outlining the proper way to, uh, you know, enjoy a little frivolity, get a little frisky, if you will, when you have the monkeypox. Uh, if the trucks are not fast enough, or if they will not be allowed into the state of California because they're older than 20 years old, uh, we can airdrop them. And and listen, the the California Health Authority has jumped in and issued further guidance. They've said, and I quote, "The monkeypox virus spreads through prolonged." and close skin-to-skin contact, which can include hugging, cuddling, and kissing, as well as through the sharing of bedding, towels, and clothing. Uh, People uh, getting sick so far have primarily been men who have had intercourse with men, although uh, we note that the virus can infect anyone. There it is. There it is, Brad. Well, in any event, uh, we'll continue to monitor this, and uh, the monkeypox is obviously uh, a, a source of big concern. Next, Brad, Sun City, Florida. Sun City, Florida, very exciting place. I believe you just purchased a condo there. Um, has been uh, usually a place where folks will go. They'll play shuffleboard. Maybe they'll have a cocktail or two, non-alcoholic beer, and uh, go to sleep by 7.15, um, basically where people go for their, for their golden years. 
has been um, absolutely inundated with packs of wild hogs. And uh, these wild hogs have turned this beautiful resort retirement community into their personal pig pen. Uh, apparently, there are these uh, dozens and dozens of these feral animals that are just uh, roaming free. They usually roam in packs. There are babies um, and uh, people are very scared. Many people won't go out of their homes for fear that they'll be charged by uh, these wild hogs that are basically dominating Sun City, Florida. I believe all government is ground to a halt. Brad, I don't believe there's mail delivery at this point. FedEx is off the, off the table and uh, people are turning to the Florida Division of uh, Game and Wildlife uh, in order to try to come up with a plan for eliminating these wild hogs. But at this point, Brad, uh, I believe martial law has been declared and Sun City basically belongs to the wild hogs. Where are these hogs coming from? I believe they're residents of Florida. And a couple of them have already petitioned for the uh, right to vote and exist as a human. Well, they need to be in New York for that. I mean, that's where the, the, there's an elephant that has a whole team of of lawyers that is advocating for the elephant's personage and, and various and sundry human rights. Um, so they, they should migrate from Florida to New York if that's what they're trying to do. And then I applaud that. That's fine. Um, but I guess I don't understand how the hogs got to be such a problem, right? Are these escaped hogs? Do they escape from a hoggery? Or is this, they just have, you know, just sort of gotten to the point in Florida where hogs are out of control, have gone hog wild, if you will? I think it's, I think it's the latter. I think they're going hog wild. I don't know. They haven't escaped any particular uh, institution, if you will. Mm -hmm. There's no mm -hmm. truck uh, turned over on the uh, Pennsylvania Turnpike and had these hogs just run out and starting to run amok. No, they, they've been there, but they're just starting to reproduce at a rapid rate. And uh, uh, it may be uh, barbecue time for the old hogs. Finally, Brad Barter banned this week. This week, we stick with the theme. And this is something that has been insisted upon as part of our new contract. Um, but we stick with the theme and, uh, and the folks at Salem. Uh, Barter banned this week convictions of uh, members of the Salem witch community from the 17th century. Okay. The state of Massachusetts has been going above and beyond to try to overturn the convictions of a lot of these uh, uh, women that were convicted of being witches and then ultimately burned at the stake or drawn and quartered, tarred and feathered, Brad. Um, but in any event, they, they, were, they were ultimately convicted in uh, what, what appeared to be a fair trial structure, as far as I could tell. Um, but th there was one witch that the, the state didn't come back and retroactively overturn her uh, conviction until this week, until this week when the state of Massachusetts overturned the conviction of the last woman convicted of witchcraft and sentenced to death during the Salem witch trials to not be ultimately exonerated uh, after the fact. The woman's name, Brad, the woman's name, Elizabeth Johnson Jr. Um, she uh, was uh, convicted of witchcraft. She may have uh, been, quote unquote, mentally ill. Um, but uh, here comes the state of Massachusetts, 329 years after Elizabeth Johnson uh, was uh, uh, accused of practicing witchcraft, and they have overturned her uh, conviction. 
uh, I believe Miss Johnson, who is still alive, being a witch and all, uh, was uh, positive uh, when she received the news. Um, but uh, I guess the question is, Brad, should states be allowed to overturn these convictions so far after these uh, women are uh, persecuted and then drawn and quartered or, or, or you know, guillotined or whatever it was that we did to these witches? So should that this practice be barred or banned? Should any of it be barred or banned? Should it all be fair game? And did these women receive fair trials? Oh, but I don't I don't know the answer to that I wasn't there. I, I do think that generally speaking, a resolution 329 years after the fact is what we call the nick of time. <laughs> You've got Massachusetts stepping in there and just in the nick of time and addressing something that, you know, frankly, is on the mind of every voter in Massachusetts. I mean, very rarely when I bump into folks uh, from the great state of Massachusetts, are they not saying to me, when are we going to get to the bottom of these witch trials? When will these poor gals be exonerated? And, you know, we can all move on with our business, right? I mean, there's, there's clearly nothing else going on uh, in the country or clearly in the state of Massachusetts at this point that requires the oversight of, of any sort of, you know, governmental leader there. So it's time we turn our attention to 329-year-old witch trial cases and see if we can't get to the bottom of them. And so again, I you know I, I applaud the effort, and I am happy for Miss Johnson that she has been exonerated. I'm sure wherever she is at this point, she's shaking her head and saying, "Boy, you know, I I I, I thought for one devastating moment it was going to reach the 330-year mark, but no, you guys pulled it out. You got there in 329 years." Thank you. And, and so again, Brad, I, I wasn't there either. So I'm, I'm going to say neither. I'm not going to bar it or ban it. Not, yeah, not I mean, one of, yeah, who knows? I, I agree. I mean, we weren't there. We can't do it. We don't want to make snap judgments. We don't want to fall into the same trap as Cotton Mather used to, where he was commonly quoted as having said, now, which witch is which? <laughs> and so, you know, we have to, buddy, we have to maintain our neutrality. We have to maintain the respect of our listenership. And so in this case, we really can't, make a judgment call, but I can tell you that exactly one week from now, we will be back on this very fine radio program in what we call the nick of time right here on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently, once again clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome. <laughs>